You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right, well, let's pray and let's get this party started. All right. Well, Father, we just thank you for yet another broadcast. We thank you that you are the God of desire and that you have amazing things in store for us, Lord. You have a good plan for our lives. You are the God of desire. You are the God of everything that is good. And Father, we just want to to tap in to your goodness today at a whole new level, Father. We want to experience more of your goodness, Father. We want to experience the fullness of what it means to be your daughter, to be your son, to live in union with Jesus and have an inheritance that includes all that heaven contains. Father, we don't want it just, uh, the gospel just to be a a theory in our lives. We just don't want it to be, uh, you know, a theology in our lives. Father, we want it to be an experience in our lives. And I thank you that you are uh, the one that gives us the desires of our heart. Desire is a really big thing to you, Lord. And so I just thank you that as we um, sit with you today, uh, that the Holy Spirit is leading us into more and more truth, Father. The truth that sets us free to live a life of desire fulfilled, where we are abiding in the vine and the tree of life of desire fulfilled is coming true for us, Lord. And so as we hop in this morning, Lord, just take us where we need to go. Uh, Just shine the light on what we need to see. And we just give you the full reins to take us all the way in to the middle of your heart where all of the good things that you have prepared for us and have planned for us are there for us to discover. And we just give you praise for it in advance. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to see you guys here. Excited uh, for everyone that's going to be listening to this podcast. And we are continuing our series on the God of Desire. And over the last couple of episodes, we've really been chatting a lot about the importance of desire, that desire is godly, that desire is passion and God is love. And so desire and passion and love are core values of our father. They are core values of the kingdom that God leads us from the inside out through the Holy Spirit, through our desires, that God is a good father. He is a good daddy and he gives good gifts to us, you guys. And today I want to uh, really maybe shift gears a little bit because I have a, a, a big goal. Maybe a, maybe it doesn't seem that big, but I have a big goal for our time together today. And that goal is that you really, really, really figure out what it is that you're desiring. And I want to talk about this question that God has asked me many, many, many times. And the question is pretty simple. I mean, it's a scriptural question. You know, Jesus asked this question when he would encounter people and when people would come to him. And the question is pretty simple. It's just the question, what do you want? Uh, Sometimes Jesus would say it this way. What do you want me to do for you? Right. And I think sometimes our relationship with God and our relationship with desire is wrapped up in this or imprisoned, really, in this religious idea 
that desire is wrong and really we answer that question of when God says, what do you want? Or I ask you, what do you actually want? Or if Jesus was standing in front of you right now in the flesh and ask you, what do you want me to do for you? That we would take a step back and not know how to answer that question because we would think, oh my gosh, there is a right answer to this question. Then there's a wrong answer to this question. And I know this well, because in my own life, God has asked me this question many, many, many times. And I remember the very first time that he asked me the question, I can still remember I was driving in the car and I just heard the car, heard the Lord say, what do you want, Shalise? And immediately, immediately in my mind, I went to, I went to Solomon in scripture, right? And I remembered the story of Solomon when, when God asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Right. And, and you know, the answer, right? Solomon asked for wisdom. And, and because he asked for wisdom, God gave him wisdom and then gave him all these other things, that, you know, the desires of his heart. And so that was immediately where my mind went. My mind went to, okay, there's a right answer here. And Solomon asked for wisdom. And so I was, I was racking my brain and I honestly didn't even really answer the question because I, I was afraid of getting the answer wrong. I thought, oh gosh, what if I get the wrong answer? What if I answer the wrong, like, I want the wrong thing. And then I, I, you know, I mess it all up. And so not only do I get not get the thing that I, I wanted and thought it was the right answer, but then I don't get all the other things, right? And so I don't, I'm just being really honest and really transparent. I mean, I just was really bound up in how do I answer this question? How do I answer this question? Because I want to get the answer right. Now, granted, most of us have gone through our entire lives growing up in school, right? And you were rewarded for right answers and you got good grades when you had right answers and you got bad grades when you had wrong answers, right? I mean, if you've ever done the spelling bee or something, right? You get, you get taken out of the spelling bee if you don't get the answer right. You know, uh, if you, there, there, we just have kind of this, this whole mentality, I think, of this right and wrong. And that right and wrong mentality gets tangled up in, in, in this, in our, in our hearts. And it, it can affect our ability to even connect with what we want or what we desire because we think, oh, this desire's right. This desire's wrong. And I'm not, you guys, am I saying on any, you know, it, it, no desire is wrong? Of course, I'm not saying that. If you have a desire to go out and murder someone, well, we aren't talking about those kinds of desires, right? We're talking about the kinds of desires that really are just blessings. They're, they're, they're things that are connected to the kingdom of God, right? We want to be happy. We want to be prosperous. We want to be able to pay our bills. We want to have a healthy family and healthy relationships. We want to have a career that we enjoy. We want to, I mean, like these are basic things, I mean, that I'm talking about here. I'm not just talking about, you know, things that are obviously not of God. I'm talking about the desires that we, for whatever reason, aren't free to actually either ask for or pray for <clears throat> or feel like it's selfish, feel like uh, I'm unworthy of these things. I mean, things that, or we think it's wrong to, to, to desire these things <clears throat> because we have all of these ideas. Like, why should I desire more than just a little bit when every, there's so much need in the world? We have all of these things around this. And we also have Bible stories like Solomon <laughs> that says that we have to have a right answer to this. 
And so the first time I heard this question, you guys, it really kind of, it, it threw me for a loop because I kept, and this is the default answer, right? And I've done this one a lot. I've done this one a lot. And I think I probably started with this response to the Lord the first time he asked me the question. And my response was, well, Lord, I want what you want. I want what you want. Um, I want, um, you know what's best. You know what I need. And so I just want what you want. But the thing is, guys, it really is a cop-out when we answer that way. And I know that it's a cop-out because guess what? The father would not accept that answer from me. And the way he responded to me has really, really stuck with me, you guys. He says, Shalise, I'm not asking you, what do you think that I want for you? I'm not asking you, what do you, uh, what do you believe that I want for you? No, I'm asking you the question, what do you want? Those are two very different questions. Shalise, if I wanted to know what I, you know, if I wanted to tell you what I wanted for you, I can just tell you what I wanted for you. But honey, I'm not telling you that. I'm asking what is in your heart? What do you actually want, right? And I couldn't help but think about that question. It's kind of like, as a parent, I, I'm thinking about it like, what do you want for your birthday? You know, I always ask my kids, what do you want for your birthday? Or at Christmas time, what do you want for Christmas, right? And I'm not asking them that question so that they can tell me the answer of what I think that they want, okay? See, see, every Christmas and every birthday, I always want to know what my kids want. I mean, I may go, you know, I may go buy them something that I want to give them, but I still want to know what are their desires? What do they want? What do they want for their birthday? What do they want for Christmas? I, and as a good parent, I mean, that just is, because why? It pleases me to give them the desires of their heart. It's, it's so wonderful on Christmas morning when they open up the things that they had wanted. I remember the first time I got my daughter a phone, you know, got her first iPhone. And I remember I, we really tricked her and we're like, no, you know, we're not getting you an iPhone. Oh no, no. You know, we're just not doing that. And she cried. She cried when she got her phone. I know this generation and their phones. Right. But the point is, is that it pleased me. I was so excited that I surprised her and that she didn't think, she just thought that was so out of the realm that she was going to get it. And then we just, we just surprised her with the desire of her heart. And so if we know how to be parents like that to our children, well, how much more does the father delight in giving us good things? And if he did not withhold Jesus from us, how much more, it says in Romans chapter eight, will he more freely give us all things? And if we are a joint heir with Jesus and we everything that heaven contains, it says in the Passion Translation in Ephesians chapter one, verse three and verse four, it talks about how all that heaven contains has already been lavished upon us in Christ. It's already there it, as a spiritual blessing, as an immaterial yet to be manifested blessing. If we are joint heirs with Jesus, who is the lawful owner of all things, if we are married to the King of Kings who owns it all, then it really isn't about desiring something that we don't already have. It's really about manifesting something that we already have. And so this relationship with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and this relationship with the judgment that we have in our own heart about, about what's right to desire and what's wrong to desire 
is it needs to be unpacked. We need to let go of our religious answers. We need to let go of our, well, I'm going to ask for wisdom because that's what Solomon wanted. Uh, I'm going to ask, you know, I'm going to ask for whatever God wants me to have. Because that's, you know, that's the, that's, I'm surrendering to God's desire. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for that, you guys. I mean, spiritual desires are an aspect of desire. I mean, I'm seeing, you know, people write in the comments now. I want more God, of God's presence. Well, that is a valid desire. I want to see signs and wonders. I want to walk in the truth. I want to experience God. I want to hear God. 24-7. I want to hear God on demand. I want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to be able to generously give to the things that uh, are expanding the kingdom. I want to disciple people in their relationship with God so that they grow into the fullness of who God created them to be. I mean, there are lots of spiritual desires that are absolutely valid. But I, there are also, guys, material desires, right? There are material desires. There are physical desires. There are things that are not wrong to desire. Why are they not wrong? Because God created all of this for pleasure. God created everything that we see for pleasure. Everything was created for him and by him and through him, it says in Revelation, for his pleasure, for his glory. It's a revelation of who he is. His goodness is displayed in the material realm. All things are glorifying the Lord that God created. And so uh, desiring a vacation, desiring to travel, desiring a spouse, desiring children, desiring uh, wealth, not in a way that we, we're idolizing these things. We are idolizing our, 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 our desire for a, a husband. We are idolizing our kids. We are idolizing these things. We're enjoying these things. We're enjoying these things because God enjoys these things. God enjoys his creation. And so when we don't allow ourselves to have desires that are outside of the spiritual desires, because those are the good ones, right? And everything else is selfish. We have a wrong. We've stepped into the deception of Gnosticism. I've been talking about that in you know, the first episode. I talked about it. What is Gnosticism? Well, it is a form of legalism. It is a form of religion. And it, what the premise of Gnosticism is, is that the material realm is wrong. The material realm is evil and everything spiritual is good. And so we come into this secular and sacred division, right? Where Christian activities are good. Going for a walk in the park is, you know, acceptable, but it's not as good as reading my Bible. Reading my Bible is good. Uh, going for a walk in the park is park is not as good as reading my Bible, right? And so we have this scale of goodness that we put certain things as spiritual and they're good and things are material and they're wrong. It's wrong to want a new car. It's wrong to want a refrigerator that is full of non-generic branded food. You know, it's it's wrong to want um, abundance in your finances. Like we, we think of these things, right? Is, is these are things are wrong. But the truth is, you guys, the division between secular and sacred is an illusion. There is no separation. All things are spiritual and all things are natural. Heaven and earth are interwoven. They have been uh, 
reconciled in Christ. And so this idea that certain things are more holy than others, like, you know, again, worship is holy. Sex is not. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to throw an extreme out there, right? That these, oh, this is not holy. This is holy. Like, that's not the way God thinks. And we need to clear this out of our hearts if we are going to actually experience God for who he really is. That God's goodness is meant to be exemplified in your life. That he is a supernatural provider. He is a supernatural healer. He is a supernatural reconciler. He is, a, he is, he wants us to exemplify his character and generosity is a part of his character, right? Of course, patience and all of these other things are as well, but abundance is who God is. And so living the abundant life that Jesus gave us to enjoy isn't just an abundance of spiritual things. Yes, it includes the spiritual things. Yes, the spiritual things are the uh, uh, eternal things. But you guys, we are here to be an epistle, a living epistle of the goodness of God and blessing, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. And you guys, I think, you know, for us Christians, sometimes we have been talked into scarcity. We've been talked into poverty. We've been talked into lack. And I say for us Christians, because you know what? Our, our Jewish, you know, in Judaism, they don't believe these things. They don't believe that, that poverty is, is next to godliness. They don't, they, they believe that prosperity is a part of being in relationship with God. And this isn't necessarily a prosperity message. This is a desire message. And so being able to actually get all of that nonsense out of our answer to what do you actually want is a really important thing. It's a part of your spiritual growth. It's a part of your growth as a human being. Desire is not wrong. It is godly. And so when Jesus came to the blind man and said, what do you want? I mean, it seems like such a silly question. Like I'm blind, Jesus. Can you, are you blind? Are you blind to the fact that I'm blind? Right? Obviously I want my sight, but, he, but Jesus didn't say up to him. He didn't, he didn't, um, assume, you know, he, he gave the man freedom to say, what is it? Do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he said, do you believe I'm able to do this? Right. And he said, become what you believe in the, in the message translation. I love that. Become what you believe. And so what we believe is, is very much tied to what we become, what we're able to receive from the Lord. What we desire is what we are able to receive. And if we can't desire something, then we can't receive it, right? And Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, ask whatsoever things you desire, ask me for those things. And so many times we just don't give ourselves permission to really want something, to really desire something. Sometimes we think it's wrong. Sometimes we're afraid of disappointment if we don't get it. But we have all of these things that keep our hearts from being free to actually desire the good things that are a part of our inheritance in Christ. 
And, you know, I'm thinking about um, a book that the Lord put into my life when I had a desire to have a child, to have children. And I was going through a time when I was having serial miscarriages and it was very painful because I didn't understand why I wasn't able to carry a baby full term. Uh, I really knew that barrenness was under the curse, that Jesus had become the curse. And so my experience was not lining up with what I believed the gospel to have redeemed me from. And when I asked the Lord, I'm like, how is this happening? Why is this happening? At the time, I thought, well, why is, how is the enemy stealing my babies, right? And he put a book in my hand. And when I say put a book in my hand, sometimes God will answer my questions with books. And the book that I got a hold of is a book by David Yonyi Cho, which is called The Fourth Dimension. And it was the very first time that I ever started really making the link between um, our imagination and our ability to visualize and the the language of the Holy Spirit to bring uh, our prayers into the material realm that our you know our imagination is like the womb of the spirit and that desire should lead to imagination and should lead to things that are specific and there's a testimony in the very beginning of the book from David Yonyi Cho and I mean he was I don't know if he was a Buddhist. I think he was a Buddhist before he was converted to Christianity. He was deathly ill. God actually ended up healing him. He gets converted and he becomes an evangelist. He becomes a missionary and starts wanting to share the gospel with others because he had experienced this profound conversion and this profound healing with the Lord. And he was poor, like dirt, dirt, dirt poor. He's from China. And he was really complaining to the Lord one day, like, here I am out, you know, sharing your love, sharing the good news with people. And I'm walking for miles. I I need a bicycle, Lord. And, you know, I really need a desk. I want to study. I want to be able to sit at a desk when I study. And I would like, you know, obviously a desk and a chair. And I really need a bicycle. I'm serving you, Jesus. And I just really, I, I need these things. And he kept waiting and waiting for a bicycle, waiting for a desk and waiting for a chair. When finally... The Holy Spirit asked him, well, you know what, David, there are thousands and whatever kinds of bicycles and chairs and desks. What kind of bicycle do you want? What kind of desk do you want? What kind of chair do you want? And, you know, it's the same thing with my kids. My kids are very specific. Man, when I ask them what they want for their birthday or what they want for Christmas, you know what they're doing? They're sending me Amazon links. Right. Or they're sending me links to where you can actually purchase this. They know the model. They know exactly what they want. They have a specific one in mind. Why? Because they know what they desire. And then I know what to go out and get for them so that I can fulfill their desire. And so this was the same principle. When he said that to David Johnny Cho, he, he was like, well, goodness, I never thought I needed to be specific. He said, well, I would like an American bicycle. Those are the best kind. And I would like a mahogany desk. And I would like a desk chair that has wheels on it because I want to roll around, you know, while I'm sitting in my chair. And so that was like a big epiphany for David Johnny Cho. Like, oh, I need to be specific with what I want. God wants to know my desire and he wants to know what I want. And then the book started to talk about like, okay, now I know I've been specific. Now what? And it talks about how the Holy Spirit taught David Johnny Cho how to receive something, how to receive his desires. And that he needed to learn how to actually have something before he had something. And it talks about through the whole book about the process of receiving by visualizing it. He said he became pregnant with his desires and that he had the he had the desk, he had the chair, he had the bicycle. 
in his in his heart, in his imagination, internally, long before it showed up. But guess what? It showed up over and over. It, it, that stuff showed up and so many other things showed up. I mean, creative miracles started happening. All kinds of breakthroughs started happening because he could connect the desire of his heart and his with his imagination and understood how to begin to receive the desires of his heart from the Lord. And so being able to articulate, this is what I desire, Lord. Being able to say to Jesus, this is what I desire, Lord. And being able to get specific about it. And then being able to receive it by going ahead and believing, by going ahead and believing that you have it and that you're visualizing it, that you're elevating, you're, you're being grateful in advance as though you already have it. You guys, this is how faith works. But you can't receive anything from God if you don't even know what the heck you want. And you guys, there are so many things that we we desire that have already been provided, yet we are not boldly asking, we're not boldly receiving, we aren't boldly being grateful for these things as if we had them in advance. And so we have our desires go unfulfilled. And I do a lot of teaching around how do you manifest? How do you manifest our inheritance in Christ, right? I talk about that. But the number one step is figuring out what the heck you want. It's figuring out what you actually desire. And I mean, in, in, in crystal clear clarity, right? What we, what we do, you know, at an emerge and what we do in our programs that we do as graduates for our emerge programs is we are, we are connecting people. Yes. With the plan of God, but guess what? The plan of God for your life and your desires are intertwined. They're interwoven. He, he puts his plan inside of our heart. He's planted eternity in our heart. And there are a lot of things that we are, we want to, we want, we want to write books. We want to help other people. We want to prosper in our purpose. We want things not for selfish reasons, although we can, we can make those into selfish reasons, but because we want to glorify the Lord. We want to say, this is an example of how good my father is. We want to have testimonies that Jesus is real, that he is in, he is in a good mood, that he is generous and that he is the lawful owner of all things. And so connecting with our desire to, to fulfill our purpose, to bless our families, to uh, retire our spouses so they're not working in a job that they hate, to send our kids to college, to do the things that we need, to, that we desire to do. We need desires fulfilled. We need money. We need open doors. We need opportunities. We need favor. We need some practical things as well as some spiritual things. And so my goal in today's broadcast is to connect you with a permission slip that you have permission to have a desire. You have a permission to have unrealistic desires. You have permission to uh, answer the question when God says, what do you want? Not with a religious answer, not with an answer of what you think God wants for you, but what you actually want. And you guys, you can have desires in a lot of different areas. You can have desires in your relationship with God. You can have desires in your relationship with your spouse, with your family, with your siblings, with all the relationships in your life. You can have desires in the area of your vocation, 
when the, in the type of work that you're here to do. You can have desires in the realm of financial desires. You can have desires in the realm of your physical health and your fitness and your relationship with food. And I mean, desires run in all kinds of different directions. And you don't have to limit yourself just to these spiritual desires over here because these are the ones that are holy that we get to ask God for. No, you get to be a spirit, soul, and body. You get to have emotional desires. You get to have mental desires and physical desires. God has redeemed the universe. He has, he has reconciled the universe, the world to himself in Christ. We live in a reconciled world and we are joint heirs with Jesus. He, Jesus is the heir of the world and we are heirs in with him of the world. And so really, I encourage you, you have homework <laughs> from this broadcast. You have homework to go and sit down with the Lord in Think about your answer to what you really, really, really want, right? I know for me, I want my life to make a difference. You know what? I want to fulfill my, my God-given potential, right? I want to um, make the, the lives of my children better than the life that I've experienced. I want my children to live in purpose. I want my children to enjoy their lives. I want my children to feel comfortable in their own skin. Of course, I want them to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. I want them to be able to hear the voice of God. I don't want them to struggle with the things that I struggled with, right? I want these things for my marriage. I want, you know, I want these things for my team. I want these things for the school and the, our students. I mean, I have desires in all kinds of different places. And I want to connect with those things. And I want to sit, be able, just like, you know, I'm asking you to do, to be able to sit down with the Lord and sift through these desires. I mean, we do an exercise and emerge that blows people's minds, blows people's minds. Sometimes they get angry at me. It's called dream storming, right? Where I tell them you have to write down a hundred dreams, right? You know, yes, you want to go ride a camel in Egypt, put it down, right? You want to see the Eiffel Tower, put it down. You want to learn how to cook French food, put it down. You want to learn a new language, put it down, right? You want to uh, have, be a multimillionaire who uh, gives away uh, builds orphanages and, and gives away large sums of money to the kingdom. Wonderful, right? But what are your desires? And I'll tell you, sometimes people get stuck at like 10 or 20. And I'm like, no, we are opening up your heart to desire, to desire, to desire. And I actually told them to make a dream notebook, right? And just start to put their dreams in there and their desires in this notebook just to awaken desire in their heart and their capacity to dream and to dream big with the Lord. Because guys, we all things are possible. I mean it. Jesus said it. All things are possible if we can believe. So the question is, what are we going to believe? What are we going to believe for? What are we going to receive? And what are we going to desire? What? How are we going to answer the question, what is it that you want, Shalise? And I can tell you, if you're if you're thinking too small, the Lord knows how to correct you. Because I remember another time when the Lord asked me this question. And during this time, I'll wrap with the story. I was really in John 530, The Voice, right? And I was 
on God's agenda every single day. If you don't know John 5.30, the voice, it's Jesus saying, I have never once acted on my own and nor will I act in the future on my own, but I listen to the directions of the one who sent me and my judgment is just and never self-serving. I'm committed to pursuing God's agenda, not my own. So I was really on this God's agenda thing. I'm on God's agenda. There's a scripture in Romans 8 that talks about in the message translation, what's next, Papa? So I was asking God, what's next, Papa? I'm on your agenda for the day and I'm, I'm completing the tasks and I'm doing things in union with Jesus. And so I'm in that flow in my life, right? Building uh, Emerge, building our team, building the vision that God has for our life. And I was just letting the Father build it by just doing what he's ever said to do next. And with my family, same thing. And so I asked him one day, what's next, Papa? And what he said to me is, um, well, what do you want, Shalise? And my response this time, I didn't go to the Solomon question. This time I said, well, I want you to tell me what's next. That's what I want. Well, he did. He's, Papa said, well, what's next, Shalise, is for you to tell me what you want. And I was like, Ugh, okay. I'd gotten so into the agenda of Jesus that it was like I was a robot or something. Like I, my freedom was getting stifled by basically just letting God call all the shots in my life. And while that may seem safe, in the sense that you know you're safe from making a mistake, you're you're safe from uh, you know I don't know delays or all of those things. It isn't it isn't a free life. It isn't free to make a mistake. It isn't free to learn through trial and error. And so I said, you know, I, I don't know. And so I sat with it a little bit, and then I came back the next day, and you know, and and as I was telling him what I desired, you know, what he told me, he's like. That's, that's way too small. That is definitely, I mean, I, that is just too small, Shalise. Give me something to work with here already, right? And, and he started laying out some of the things to like expand my thinking, expand my horizon. Like I'm thinking I want my life to have this much impact or I, wanna, I want my family to be this, you know, uh, fruitful, and I'm telling you, God was like, no, let's think bigger. Let's think bigger. And it was this process of him stretching me and expanding me and saying, what can I, what can we do together? Come on, come on. Think, get, put, get me, get, let me in coach. I'm not talking about what you can do. I want to talk. Let's talk about what we can do together. And man, it just opened up an entirely new vision for what was possible for me, what was possible for my life. And so guys, don't, be afraid to get the answer wrong, right? Don't keep be afraid to desire something and enter into a conversation with the Lord where he's expanding you and stretching you. And don't be afraid to dream, to dream things, silly things, big things, spiritual things, non-spiritual things, just for the purpose of pleasure, just for the purpose of desire, just for the purpose of knowing God is faithful and knowing that he is incredible in his love for you, that he's the best parent that's ever lived, that his desires for us are everything. He gave us everything. And so he wants us to enjoy those things. He wants us to enjoy the redemption. He wants us to enjoy the, the bounty in his house, the, the, the glory of his kingdom. He gave us his glory, you guys. And so anything that is filled with God's glory, which is everything that he's created, everything that is beautiful, everything that is lovely. All of those things are, are free. We are free to desire them. 
And so, you know, I don't really want to put a disclaimer on that because I feel like that's what religion does. There's always a disclaimer. There's always the fine print. It's like, oh, you better be careful about this. You better be careful about this. And what's happened is we've been so careful that our hearts have been shut down. And when we have been afraid to dream, we've been afraid to desire because we, you know, we've put things in a category that God never put them in. And so, beloved, that's my that's my desire for today is that you answer the question, what do you want, child? What do you want? And, and give your heart the, the freedom to desire, the freedom to dream. And think about that question and think about the areas of desire that need to be awakened in your heart and begin to have those conversations. And if this is something that you're like, well, Shalise, I have no idea where to even begin with this because I'm not even really hearing God and all those things. Well, you know what? Desire for that to change. <laughs> desire for you to be able to have these kinds of conversations. Schedule a breakthrough call with my team. Let's, let us help you get into that place where you're hearing God clearly all the time so that you can have the kinds of conversations that, that we all have with, I mean, that's normal. It's normal to have those kinds of conversations so that you can obviously get into the desire that you have for your life to fulfill your purpose and get into the desires that you want to see happen in your life. So God bless you guys. Take this little homework assignment seriously. Mind the desires of your heart and don't settle. Don't settle for, you know, a counterfeit religious life for that's filled with Christian activities because those are good things to do, but is a pleasureless life because pleasure is found in, in every area. There is no, no separation. God is in you just as much when you are cooking and when you are walking in the park as he is with you on Sunday mornings. So God bless you guys. Have a supernatural week and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.